Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. I have said many times in this program that the Eastern Catholic Churches, you know, the Eastern Lung of the Church, as St. John Paul II would refer to it, are at the very epicenter of some of the hottest, most significant global events of our time. And this is certainly true in an area where a lot of the Eastern churches come from, that is an area of Ukraine. Actually, the border between Ukraine and Russia. We're hearing a lot about that on the news, but we're not hearing all that we should be hearing. And so we're going to provide for you really what you should be hearing here in Light of the East. We have special guests today. Her name is Olha. Zarachinska, and also Alex Kuzma. They are both from the Development Department for the Ukrainian Catholic University, university which is on the forefront of a lot of things. This is a university to keep your eye on. And we welcome them to our program today. Olha and Alex, glory to Jesus Christ, slava Jesus Christu. Slava Jesus Christu, glory to Jesus Christ. Uh, it's a big pleasure uh, to be here and to share uh, our history and to share the news, what's going on in Ukraine right now, and to answer maybe sometimes a question that uh, you cannot uh, really see or read uh, on the media here in the U.S. Absolutely, and that's why it's great that you're here. So while the two of you give us some background of what really happened, uh, as, as I mentioned before, there are a lot of misperceptions of what happened at Maidan, who's behind it, why it happened, and so on. And, and, and it's an amazing, amazing story because what happened there was something really extraordinary not something you get from the media so both of you just start telling us what happened there give us the background what actually happened so first of all i would like everyone to remember that ukraine is independent country it's mm -hmm. not a part of russia we are different people we mm -hmm. have different language even that a lot of people in ukraine speaks russian but still they feel themselves as ukrainians and uh, um, in no way it's uh, that uh, we want to be with Russia. No, it's uh, totally different. So we, you have to understand this first. Second, that uh, for many years, um, of course, uh, we were fighting for uh, to develop our country. And uh, unfortunately, last government under President Yanukovych, um, he was fully controlled by uh, Putin. So th that was corrupted government that uh, people were already fed up with that because it was obvious that uh, they were raping people, that they were stealing businesses, uh, that uh, huge corruption was going on around. And we have um, millions of facts that 
what's happened really in a country during mm-hmm. his presidency. So people uh, already, especially young people, were ready to change the system, change the situation, and. Of course, uh, it's it's uh, we have elections, but sometimes they are also corrupt. And mm-hmm. uh, even that we are saying that uh, Yanukovych was uh, elected uh, in democratic way, but there were a lot of circumstances that we cannot say that uh, it's really a president that uh, all Ukrainians wanted to have. So uh, when our country decided to join the to to do the association with European Union to sign the agreement, uh, we thought that yeah, we want to to get those reforms from Europe and to 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 have this example of um, a country of law. When you uh, first of all, of course, it's uh, for the our courts for. Uh, police uh, system, uh, policeman system, and mm-hmm. for many other government system. But another thing that is very important for us, for Ukrainians, it's a really Christian values. It was uh, oppressed during communist time, but uh, after independence, when a lot of churches um, started really doing the mission, doing the work in Ukraine, people uh, desire the really... Um, the spiritual life and uh, for us it was important really to get those uh, uh, Christian values uh, on which European Union was built actually so Ukrainians uh, stand up at the moment when Yanukovych announced that he is not going to sign the European Union and especially young people, students who have this already spirit of um, freedom you know after this pilgrimage that you know parallel from uh, bible we have that moses you know took people for 40 years uh, mm-hmm. in desert that uh, this new generation would grow up mm-hmm. that didn't know there's they were not slaves already yes, so no. those young people stand up and said that we want that uh, human dignity would be respected which yeah. was not before that Alex, tell us now, uh, Olga gave us great background here. Now tell us, who was there at Maidan? What really happened? What was it like? Well, I was not there personally, as Olya was and others, but from the reports of Bishop Boris and and, uh, Senators McCain and Murphy and others who who witnessed it firsthand, this was a massive movement, one of the great nonviolent movements uh, in history, which drew out over a million people at its peak to the central square to the Maidan in Kiev. And these were people of all kinds of religious and ethnic backgrounds. There was a very strong Christian presence there because there was a chapel tent and uh, a special chapel where confessions were heard and conversions and baptisms were made. Um, and we were very inspired to see that. But also we saw uh, Jewish and uh, Crimean Tatars, Islamic people who were very enthusiastic about uh, this revolution of dignity that Olya refers to. And um, the movement for three months was very, very nonviolent, despite tremendous pressure from uh, government riot police. And it was only in the last three days, really, between uh, February 18th and 20th, that um, the government snipers began to shoot people down in cold blood. And one of them was our professor, Bogdan Solchanik, who, who was martyred uh, along with what we call the Heavenly Hundred, uh, one of hundred people who were... Uh, shot down by government snipers, but 
that violence was so outrageous that it really led to um, Yanukovych fleeing the country because he knew that the national uh, spirit was so completely unified against him. And, and this was all sparked by students, as Oha said, who had a different ethos. They grew up knowing freedom. They're, they're post-communist young people. And they went to this Catholic, Ukrainian Catholic University, which instills within them this, this sacramental worldview, this, this view of the human person. And so, in a sense, it, they rose out of that, that sense of, of virtue that they had to defend the dignity of the human person. And so now their education, the, the interesting thing about these young people is that it was out of their education of this particular university, that, that, that Christian ethos, that they did this protest. And this protest, I guess, Alex, the best word that comes to my mind as I've seen the reports of it, the actual reports, things you don't get in the news, is that they basically turned this protest into a, a kind of a pilgrimage. Am I, am I correct in that? Absolutely. It was a massive encampment, a nonviolent encampment that lasted for months in the freezing cold. I mean, people really showed their absolute devotion to Christian values and to nonviolence uh, throughout that period. And there was, as I mentioned, uh, you know, a lot of humor. There were there was music. There was there was a library created there. It was just a, a community <laughs> within a, a nation within a nation uh, that was created. It became a microcosm for the dreams of the Ukrainian people. And it really was a pilgrimage in many ways. Uh, people came from all over the country, from the Russian-speaking East, from the more more heavily Ukrainian-speaking uh, West. But uh, we have to remember that even though Putin made this false claim that uh, somehow Russian speakers were opposed, um, the fact is that uh, you know in Ireland, <laughs> most of the people that were active in the independence movements there in Sinn Fein, they no longer spoke Gaelic, but they were still Irish patriots. So. Uh, and the same thing, we saw many uh, Russian surnames of people who died in the um, in this uprising um, who who were killed by government snipers. So uh, I think it was a very broad-based, interfaith, uh, inter-ethnic movement um, that won uh, in really nationwide support. And yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to spell something else for our listeners, that just because Ukraine wanted to align itself with the European Union does not mean the Ukraine sees the European Union as perfect, as some kind of uh, yes. utopia, mm-hmm. correct? Yes, right. it's true. Like we see the pluses and minus, of course, the, mm-hmm. the positive and some negative things that, uh, of course, we want to avoid the negative and take the this positive things like of country of law, which is like very important, like for Ukraine to change the system, what we are saying, you know, like this corrupted system have to be like changed. It's no way that we uh, could, you know, for... Be a Christian and at the same time give give the bribes, you know. Yes. So it's not working together. <laughs> right. right. And I think the role model for many Ukrainians really has been the what happened in Poland and Lithuania, you know, mm-hmm. two other Catholic countries that did make that painful transition to rule of law and to democratic values and anti-corruption measures. And what we've seen there is a dramatic improvement in their quality of life, in their economic growth, etc., in sharp contrast to Russia, which really, other than their oil money, has been in very steep uh, decline. And so we, we've, I think the Ukrainian people were very passionate about implementing rule of law and stopping the cycle of corruption and following the models, the best models, as Oda says, of what happened in, in Poland and, and the Baltic countries. The reason why it's important, I believe it's important, for the world to know, and, and thankfully you two are here to help us tell the world, 
who, who started this protest and why. Because this is an example on the world stage with all the world to see of the, the Catholic or Christian ethos in action, how it's supposed to work, that it can change hearts, change civilization, protect human dignity in nonviolent ways. And that, in fact, what it, what it is supposed to do. I think of Pope Benedict XVI's first encyclical when he talked about this whole role of the church and state. And he said that the church, the church's role is to inform the reasoning process of the state. It's not to tell the state what kind of government to have or get involved in so-called politics per se, but it is to inform the state of the right vision, the right way to proceed ahead with law and with governing. And, and this was an example by these young people right there on the world stage. That's why I think it's vital that the world knows, especially from the two of you, that they get the truth, that the, that the world knows who started this, how they did it, and why, because this is a great witness of our, our Christian faith, the Christian ethos in action, affecting the world in a positive way, and also a great, great testimony and witness to, to virtue, to martyrdom, so to, to the selflessness, which we really need to see and witness in our culture here in America. When we return, we're going to talk more about the Ukrainian Catholic Church and students and also the Ukrainian Catholic University, which was the wellspring out of which this marvelous event took place. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's taborlife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host, and we are very honored today to have with us Oha Zadichinska and Alex Kuzma, both from Ukrainian Catholic University, their development department. And by the way, if you want to learn more about the Ukrainian Catholic University, here's the website, and you should learn about it, ucu.edu.ua. So lots of U's there, ucu.edu.ua. You a Now, before the break, Oha, you had a little thought you wanted to share with us. Yes, as your father said very correctly, that it was a really pilgrimage. And um, at the Maidan were a lot of priests uh, from Greek Catholic Church, from Catholic Church, from Orthodox uh, churches of different denominations, and uh, Protestants, and uh, as Alex also mentioned, Jewish rabbis uh, were present. So that people, you know, together with um, uh, there are from really defense of their human dignity together with uh, spiritual people with their songs they really standing mm -hmm. for their future you know 
That is most important, that future for the country, for their young generation is very important. And how it started, you're like very interested also, because it's uh, very, like in Nova days, media uh, gives their some short information and everyone <laughs> yeah. can know already. So <laughs> it's uh, a lo- big help. So on the night of 22nd, actually during the day of 22nd of October, when uh, Yanukovych already announced that he will not uh, sign the agreement, he will not uh, do the, 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 the document. So young people, uh, students and also some journalism, they um, organize themselves uh, on a Facebook that let's go to Maidan and we need to protest. We need to start the protest to show that uh, it's not fair. It's not fair to us. It's not fair to the future of mm-hmm. Ukraine. Uh, so, and it started from the small group of uh, students and journalists in Kyiv. And next day, our students from Catholic University, the next morning, they already were at uh, our independent square in Lviv, uh, Western Ukraine. So, and um, next days, uh, more and more students in other different cities also like uh, went to Maidan, their Maidans, uh, independent mm-hmm. squares in the, their cities and started protesting. And um, so culmination and the, the most violent moment was on the night of uh, 30th of October when the police decided to clean the Maidan in Kyiv. And mm. it was horrible to, to see how violent they were, like beating these young people without any like protection. Yeah. They didn't have anything, you know, to protect themselves. Yeah. And they were start just uh, beating them and to clean the Maidan that... Uh, government gave their uh, direction to do that so and next morning you know that was the sunday and as alex mentioned millions already came to the city mm-hmm. because they were not, like already of different ages different um, from different cities they came to kyiv to to stand up for the future mm-hmm. for those young people that were um just beaten there like unprotected yes, and, and, and uh, to, for the future of country. Uh, Alex and Oha, I want to ask both of you. This is a, a rather lofty question, and I'm, then we're going to come back and talk about the university itself. I look at Ukraine. I know that what you went through under communism, and tremendous suffering, and the great Christian witness, the martyrdom. Then communism falls, and now you're going through something like that again. Not exactly the same thing. Why Ukraine? Well, I think that in many ways, uh, going all the way back to St. Andrew's pil- first pilgrimage to Kiev, uh, when he, he came, you know, in the early years of Christianity, there was something remarkable about this country. It's a land of a tremendous fertility and beauty. Um, you know, after the Mongols invaded in the 12th century, again, a lot of uh, the glory of, of Kiev was destroyed. And we saw it again during the Soviet era when Stalin basically gave uh, gave the Ukrainian Catholic Church uh, uh, only two choices, that they could either merge with the Russian Orthodox Church and collaborate with the KGB or then the NKVD, or they would be persecuted and, and, and destroyed, liquidated. And the Church basically refused to uh, amalgamate with the Russian Orthodox Church, which at that time was already um, was already heavily infiltrated by the KGB. And so most of our bishops were either executed or sent to Siberia, and hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian Catholics were sent to Siberia or Kazakhstan, and others went into the underground. And this was the largest 
non-governmental largest uh, resistance group in the former Soviet Union was the Ukrainian Catholic Church. And we didn't know until um, the early 1990s about how much of that church was left when, when it came out of the underground. There was, it seemed like there was just a handful of, of people. But very quickly the church grew because of its moral authority. And to this day, I think one reason why the Maidan was so inspired was that um, the Catholic Church and Bishop Boris and Patriarch Shevchuk and, and Patriarch Huzar were tremendous authority figures in the country, um, and they were able to speak truth to power, as, as our friends like to say, mm-hmm. um, and really to challenge Yanukovych. In many ways, the Ukrainian Catholic University was a little microcosm of this revolution of dignity as kind of a seed of this of this revolution in the sense that uh, for many years, the university um, faculty and students, um, they committed themselves to this idea that we will live in a moral and ethical way, regardless of what's happening in the rest of society. We will not, uh, we will not tolerate bribes or corruption. We will insist on the dignity of the human person and, and trust and build trust between each other. And that's what we're seeing now on a national level. Um, so in many ways, I think uh, the Ukrainian Catholic University provided the bedrock for the growth of this spectacular movement that we saw come to full fruition this year. It's incredible. So, wow, let's talk a little bit about this university. Oh, what You, you attended this university. Uh, yes, I am graduate uh, of uh, Ukrainian Catholic University from year 2000. And uh, so I am from first cohort of students, really, that uh, started study at the at that time uh, Theological Academy and in 2002 it uh, was inaugurated as Ukrainian Catholic University and uh, that is um, a new history of the un- of the university because during communist time obviously it was not able to work um, so the the church was underground and um, in catacombs and uh, prosecuted uh, so um, as well as like any theology theologian uh, studies mm-hmm. in ukraine so but that ha- our university has their long history or old history from uh, 1928 when it was started by metropolit andrei sheptetsky and so he was really fighting for their um, good education for ukrainians mm-hmm. and Josip slipay was the first rector of that uh, institution. And they both suffered under communism. Exactly. Uh, Josip Slipay was in prison in Siberia for 18 years, and just because of the Second Vatican Council in '93, he was exchanged for the uh, for the Russian spy and brought to to Rome for their uh, council. And uh, by his first degree that he just signed in uh, in Rome. Right away after coming there, it was to start to found the Ukrainian Catholic University. And he believed that one day that university will come back to uh, to free Ukraine. <laughs> and that uh, university have really to unite and empower the Ukrainians, Ukrainian nation over the world. And anyone can take courses there, right? Even uh, over internet or correspondence courses? Yes, right? you are right. The, we have, of course, like regular bachelor, master uh, programs at the university and you are invited to, to come to visit us. We have different summer programs like language courses, uh, iconography school, mm-hmm. uh, theology sc- uh, school, SORM that you can attend during summer and also distance learn- learning uh, programs and especially on ecumenical studies. So I think it would be very 
very interesting for our listeners. And Alex, we have a benefit day coming up for this university, don't we, here in America? Yes, uh, there are two big benefits happening, uh, one in Chicago on November 9th and in New York City at the Roosevelt Hotel on uh, November 2nd on Marathon Sunday. So we want to invite listeners that are within striking distance of either of those two sites to feel welcome. To uh, They can look on our website at uh, www.ucef.org. Uh, for uh, if they'd like to purchase tickets uh, ahead of time and uh, and also to visit the website for UCU for the university, which is ucu.edu.ua. Um, and we'd be very honored to have. We've had many wonderful visitors over the years. Our university was visited by um, Cardinal George and, and Cardinal McCarrick. Also, Pope John Paul II, the Saint uh, John Paul II, visited in 2001 in his historic pilgrimage to Ukraine, where he blessed the cornerstone of our university, uh, this beautiful new campus that's now rising up um, uh, we've completed our academic building and uh, the collegium, the the student uh, college, and uh, now our new church is under construction. Uh, also, George Weigel, the the uh, venerable American theologian who writes extensively for National Review and other publications, uh, he was our commencement speaker last year. So we've had, um, I think, the university has inspired many, many people um, by its heroic witness. And so we would just welcome everyone to either attend these events or to come visit, as Ola invited them uh, to come <laughs> visit. People have always been excited by what they've seen. And, well, again, the website is ucu.edu.ua. Oha and Alex, I want to thank you for being on our program today. And we hope to have you on again and again and again, because there's a great story to tell. The history of this marvelous area uh, of, of Ukraine uh, of what's happening there now, this this university, the people, the spirituality, the church, so much, so much richness there. And uh, again, we hope to have you on again to share a lot more of that with us. So thank you, Oha, and also Alex from the Ukrainian Catholic University Development Department. Thank, thank you very much, and please pray for uh, Ukraine and for Russia, because yes. they really need some changes. І, будь ласка, моліться за Україну, моліться за людей України, і, будь ласка, моліться за Росію, тому що люди там також дуже страждають. Thank you, Father. And I thank all of you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion, and to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright.